Welcome to the Digital Responsibility Podcast. There is a vibrant community around the world exploring how we drive forward digital innovation, products and services, and generally exploit technology progression for the sustained benefit of society and the planet. On this podcast, you will hear from me, Christopher Joynson, and Rob Price, two of the original founders of Corporate Digital Responsibility. As we speak to our guests, to hear their stories and piece together what it means to be responsible in the digital age. If you'd like to learn more, take a look at the website, corporatedigitalresponsibility.net. Hi, and welcome to episode eight of the fourth season of the Digital Responsibility podcast. And, and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Finnis and Andrea Ravnik uh, from Amazon. Paul, can I start with yourself in terms of an introduction around perhaps kind of the Learning Foundation, but also the Digital Poverty Alliance? We'll come to that and the work and the focus of it shortly. But how did you get involved in that? Give us, give us a kind of kick off. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'll, I'll try and keep it short as well because I'm well known for, for talking a long time. But uh, no, I, I, I joined the Learning Foundation in 2015 as Chief Executive, uh, and that is a charity that's been around for 21 years, um, focusing mainly on supporting schools and families on engaging with technology and learning. Um, and w- what we kept finding, though, Rob, was that uh, very, very large numbers of children and young people at home were just not connected at all or weren't been connected at all. Um, and um, what we were also finding at the same time is that schools, and this won't be news to anybody, schools were struggling with, you know, inadequate budgets, with, you know, problems with resources and recruitment and a, a whole variety of other things, which meant that much as they might want to engage with technology and delivering technology uh, as being one of the means of delivering learning and things, what they were struggling with is to actually make that happen. So our job was to make that happen. But we, we kept, as I say, discovering these very large numbers of children who are disconnected and families disconnected. And the trustees basically said, we need to do something about this. If we can't work through schools, which which is which is by far and away the, the best route for all of the reasons, safety and security and management and, and everything else, as you might think, then, then we'll need to do it a different way. So we talked to a whole variety of people um, and, uh, and said, we, at the time, 2017, 2018, talking about the kind of the size of the problem we were talking about, we, we, we assumed something like a million plus families were disconnected. People didn't really get that. They, and even if they got the, an understanding about the kind of numbers of families that may be disconnected, um, they certainly didn't understand the, the kind of urgency of that. Um, and I think that that was partly a, a timing thing. People were beginning to, you know, technology was moving from being a kind of nice to have to a must have. But then, of course, the pandemic came along in 2020 and that instantly changed everybody's understanding about how important that was. Um, Looking at, at it as a, as a kind of sort of slightly seasoned observer, what I saw was fantastic amounts of work going on, just brilliant local organisations, local individuals and big organisations being involved. <clears throat> but that being very kind of, um, you talked about connecting the dots, for instance, that being not really well connected, not really strategic and things. And so we felt like, well, there's something we could bring to this piece here, which is bringing understanding and organisations together to try to tackle it uh, more holistically. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that later on. And that's where the, the Digital Poverty Alliance um, came from. And, and I remember an earlier conversation on one of the um, previous episodes where we were talking about um, a, a million kids in the UK, in the UK alone, 
without mm. a laptop, let alone kind of necessarily knowing what to do with the laptop and 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 hooking into the inspiration and um, education and sustain, sustaining kind of the use of of those devices. Um, uh, Andrea keen to share both in terms of your personal story but also um, Amazon's perspective as part or engaged with the Digital Poverty Alliance so over to you would you like to introduce yourself as well yes yes thanks so much Rob Um, I'm Andrea Ravnik and I am with Amazon and I lead our Amazon and the community team here in the UK Um, we're actually a global team um, and really what that means is we support communities where Amazon has a presence And we really focus on harnessing Amazon's uh, spirit of innovation to support those communities. Um, And one of our core focuses is access to technology. So it's very similar to what Paul was just saying. We really see the impact of technology in in almost every aspect of our lives um, and how it plays now both uh, a major role in education as well as the economy at large. Um, And specifically, we're committed to really creating more opportunities for young people from all backgrounds to have access to technology, right? So that's that's really what we're focused on. Um, with my role at Amazon, I'm also an ambassador uh, at the DPA and work closely alongside Paul and his team on how Amazon can kind of create opportunities to help conquer the digital divide uh, here in the UK. Um, but what I'm really excited about more is, is really my personal kind of perspective on this and, and why I'm really passionate about working in the space and being part of the DPA. Um, I've actually had a 10 plus year career in technology, uh, specifically marketing in technology, and recently only pivoted into this corporate philanthropy space about six months ago. And um, it's really within this space that I found that STEM education is a huge opportunity and giving children and young people access to STEM education and visibility on STEM education as a huge area of opportunity. Um, I actually grew up in a household where where STEM was constantly present. Uh, My mom was a pharmacist. My dad was an engineer. And it really wasn't until much later in my life that I realized that science and technology were not obvious career paths for everyone, specifically girls. So really passionate about that uh, from this perspective and and ensuring that um, really all young people have access to technology, have access to digital skills. Um, and seeing not only how I can do that through my my role at Amazon, but personally as well. Angie, that's brilliant. And I think for, for everyone listening, they will already recognise correlation to digital responsibility and, and specifically um, the areas of societal sustainability and impacting mm-hmm. people's lives um, at, uh, across, across all groups, no matter mm-hmm. where they are. Paul, tell me a bit more about how the DPA kind of operates then. So so mm-hmm. clearly it's not something that you're doing. I mean, we spoke first 12 months, 18 months ago. Um, you've launched, you, you've got large businesses supporting the initiative. But mm-hmm. how does it operate? How does it make a difference? That's that's it. That's, that's the big question. And I'm pleased to say that this uh, the timing for this podcast is absolutely perfect because uh, we are at a really important juncture with the DPA right now. One of the things we wanted to do was was first of all, before you do anything, you have to kind of understand what the issue is. What are, what are the details of that issue? What are the, where are the gaps? Um, and when I'm talking about gaps, I'm talking just as much about where the gaps might be in research and understanding about the issue. Um, uh, but equally could well be talking about geographical gaps, for instance, where in the are there places in the country which are either struggling with things like connectivity or might be struggling because there are no uh, organisations based nearby that can help provide skills training, for instance, that kind of thing. 
Um, and so we've just finished that exercise. And in fact, in, in, in about uh, 10 days time, we'll be launching what's called the UK Evidence Review. Uh, and that was a summation really of everything that we have seen going on out there. Um, and we've drawn from that a number of key principles, which we'll talk about later. Uh, and uh, but, but what's really important now for us, Rob, is that is taking that information and turning it into what we're calling a national delivery plan. Um, and, and what I should say about the DPA really is it, the, the, the DPA itself, the core of the DPA is just five or six people. Um, and, and long will it remain so. Um, and that's because there are already such extraordinary organisations, including Amazon, who are already focused on this issue, who already can bring lots of resource and time and understanding to, to the issue. So the last thing we wanted to do was to duplicate any of that. And so we very much worked through our partners and the partners, as um, as Andrew was saying, uh, could, could well be individuals. So we have a fantastic collection of ambassadors and uh, um, but but also we have at the at, we call it the sort of beating beating heart of the DPA, if you like, is what we refer to as our community board. And that community board represents all of life's interests. Uh, it sounds kind of odd, but what we're very well aware of also is that education super important and DFE is spending lots of time and money and effort looking at getting young people connected and getting them enabled and getting schools up and running but those same people that are struggling with access from an education perspective are the same people who that the NHS for instance will have as vulnerable or DWP will have a focus because they're currently out of work or they're struggling on benefits or whatever it might be. And so what we wanted to do was to, instead of all of those going off on their own various different directions, is to bring them together. And so around that table, we have observers from most of the major government departments, including DCMS and others, but then people actually there practically doing it. So, you know, big NHS trusts, uh, UK finance representing the banking sector, uh, housing associations being represented through single organisations. And that's just been fantastic because there is anyway this shared, this sort of sense of shared endeavour about fixing the problem. Um, and, and so when we launched the UK Evidence Review, um, what, you'll, what you'll see is when, when we talk about the DPA, it's not just us. It is a, a combined view about the way forward. And uh, I can't wait for this next six months because that, that, that's when we can begin to turn all of this understanding and support and interest into, into okay, so now who is going to do what to make the changes we need? Which is a brilliant example of the returning to connecting the dots because it sounds as though what you're doing is to make sure that um, there is cohesion between the various initiatives that organisations or, or government are driving um, and awareness, shared awareness as to where that focus will achieve the best results. Um, I, I'm intrigued to know how we we, we measure or quantify or, or, or validate the impact that's being made. Perhaps we'll come back to that point a little later, but perhaps it would be interesting, Andrea, to understand some of the um, things that you've seen kind of happening um, across the U UK and some of the things that you're contributing to and, and maybe some of the lessons that are emerging to that, but both positively and, 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 and how to further improve. Um, what would you highlight? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good question. I think um, from Amazon's perspective, one of our core programs that we run is called Amazon Future Engineer, uh, which is our comprehensive childhood to, to career program, where we really look to inspire and enable children and young adults from lower income backgrounds to try computer science. 
Um, and we're doing that through targeting um, really students that are identified through the UK's Income Deprivation Affecting Children Index uh, to identify which schools to work with. And we've been really successful in doing that. Um, one program we've been running for a few years now here in the UK specifically is our Amazon Class Chats program where we actually pair an Amazonian from a tech background uh, to go in and speak to the class about what a career in technology looks like, how they use digital technology in their day-to-day, -day, um, and really inspire and kind of motivate that, that train of thinking. Um, but what we've actually found, like you were saying earlier, Rob, is you know a million children without access to laptops, um, is that the actual access to the technology to learn on, to play with, to engage with is just as imperative as the content that we're providing. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest learnings we've seen specifically in the last year and in the last six months in, in my work with the DPA. Um, last year, we ran a campaign where we donated out 10,000 Fire tablets to schools. Um, and Paul and I and our teams are, are working on a very similar campaign for 2022 as well. So I think it's um, it's a combination of access to both technology and the content that's going to make the biggest impact for children. And and, and perhaps a question to to either of you. It, it, I, I'm just conscious that um, there could be all manner of challenges that 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 we face, and, and we as um, the community trying to make a difference, trying to nudge um, things in a, in an improved direction. Whether that's investment, whether that's uh, uptake adoption, whether it's um, policy, strategic policy, government policy, what are you seeing as the things that we need to focus on as enablers? So, so what would really make a difference to accelerate some of the work that both you, you've already been involved or seeing to make a bigger impact? That's, a, that's another great question. Um, but, um, if it's okay, Andrew, one of the things I'd like to say is that, Rob, I'm very well aware of the work that you do uh, on, on, a, on a global scale. And I have to say that one of the really important things for us at the DPA, too, is that we share that learning. Um, so from our point of view, absolutely, the UK has a big problem of its own, and we want to bring people together to do that. But we we, we live in an environment and a context and things at the moment politically and, and uh, in many other ways, which enables that to happen. OK, it may, may not always be, be, be possible to find everything that we need, but but essentially we're as, as a country, we are we are generally moving in that direction. We had a, a new UK digital strategy yesterday, didn't talk about didn't talk about individuals being disconnected, which we were disappointed about, but nonetheless recommitted the, 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 the country to being a digital uh, digital uh, leader in, in the future. Um, but I've been really struck by um, World Economic Forum, for instance, is doing some work at the moment with the, they've set up something called the Edison Alliance, which again is about trying to learn all of the lessons from different places around the world that might help other other countries and other individuals move forward. So big job to do here, but 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 uh, it'll be great ultimately for us to be part of this wider um, response to the issue. So because that, you know, one of the things we've learned the last two or three years with the pandemic and others, Rob, isn't it? Is is just how interconnected we all are. Uh, absolutely, and I think it was um, brilliantly illustrated in the work that the UNEP UN Environment Program um, sponsored codes. Uh, global action plan. I mean, if you look at the back of that, you'll see lots of initiatives globally. In, in, indeed, as, as you'll be aware, uh, it mentions the DPA, it mentions uh, CDR, and many other initiatives. And, and of course, they are 
there is there is an overlap. Actually, one of the, one of the key things it touches on is, and and it's an explicit part of um, one of the principles of the CDR manifesto, is is the need to um, influence regulation and policy right. And I don't mean at a national government level. I mean I mean just everywhere. So how do we create an environment whereby government and businesses and individuals? I mean, and, and I'll go back to your point, actually, Paul. You said that was the membership of the DPA. It's kind of all segments of society aligned to get this kind of right balance of focus and enabling policy uh, regulation that kind of does prevent the negative aspects or at least minimizes negative aspects, but at the same time uh, creates positive outcomes. In, in the work, just thinking about that in terms of your work at the moment and, and maybe both nationally and locally, what are you seeing in terms of um, government initiatives that, that are adjacent to the work that you're doing or support the work that you're doing or, or indeed vice versa? And, and, and maybe thinking about what would be even better if um, are those kind of conversations that you have within the DPA to, to, to try and help influence from a positive impact point of view some of those initiatives? Mm -hmm. I love these questions. I love the question. Rob, well, one of the things I'm finding really just within the last few months, I suppose, I'm sensing this, and that is that um, a lot of the understanding about the need for everybody to be connected and enabled and supported, uh, as Andrea said so well, you know, not just about having devices, but then what the devices does in terms of opening up career opportunities and learning and, and, and play and fun and, and, and things like that as well, um, is that... Um, I think, I think everybody's response in the early days, including ours, was very much about, right, let's get devices into hands. Let, let's, let, you know, uh, and, and we knew it wasn't perfect, but we, 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 we felt like that was better than nothing. And sometimes it is, and arguably sometimes it isn't. But what's happened in, in, in the ensuing two or three years is that people have learned that that isn't enough. And so one of the things I'm seeing is just again, some really brilliant kind of joined up work going on very much at these, um, uh, big conurbation levels. So, you know, you, you'll be aware of some superb work going on in Manchester. Uh, Birmingham uh, is really focused on this. London, at the moment, have got London Tech Week going on, which is looking at um, a lot of this kind of... Uh, so I'm seeing, and, and what's the beauty about that is what they're doing is, again, bringing together all sections of society and saying, okay, this is not just about kids, it's about people who are unemployed or people who are older and, and where the priorities and how what, what from the resources that we can bring together here. Um, and those are driven by and large by by individuals at a senior level in, in those local governments. So I can see that being and then anyway, frankly, we see whatever we do on a national basis, the real change is going to be happening at a local basis. And it's one of the things that Andrew and I love is, is this is the fact that that um, that, uh, you know, this, these are local schools getting on with doing what they can to enable their children to move on and local communities supporting each other and that kind of thing. Um, so, so the, the answer is lots of great stuff at a kind of local and regional level, but but not so much yet at a national level, not in England anyway. I, th I think it's one of the really interesting uh, things. If I wear a completely different hat, uh, one of the things that I'm looking at at the moment is is at a regional level within the UK, 
what's the balance like around one particular set of skills, in this case blockchain, between the demand in local organisations and the supply capability coming out of academia and uh, into that market to understand whether actually at a regional level is that something that's sustained on it on a, in in itself or whether it has to go further afield. Um, so so it's an interesting area to look at. Um, if if we think about the next the next year, I mean. It, Paul, it's, it sounds like the timing is is just right from what you've said in terms of um, un better understanding kind of the the challenges that are faced and and what where where focus needs to be. So so if I could come to you both and I'll start with you, Andrea, around in in 22-23, what what would be the kind of one or two things that you would say to anyone listening, whether as an individual or as an organisation, would be great for them to do either directly with the DPA or indeed impacting the kind of areas that the DPA is focused on together with obviously Andrea the work that you're doing within Amazon what would you highlight to to people listening yeah I actually think it's pretty simple and um, to echo Paul's comment about really being a community and, and looking how we can support the UK both from a hyper local perspective and then a national perspective and to use a very Amazonian term, um, I think we've all got the individual opportunity to raise the bar on access to digital technology and using our own perspectives and experiences to actually really inspire young people and help young people specifically get access to digital technology. Um, I'd encourage anyone who's willing to just engage with their local schools, their local community hubs, youth programs, whatever it might be, just to understand what kind of support they could benefit from, you know, even if it's as simple as going in on a Thursday afternoon and, you know, donating an hour of your time to speak to anyone about using technology to train them on how to open a device, close a device, access apps. You know, I think that there are really basic things that everybody can do. Um, and from a, an organizational perspective, you know, look and see how you can support with device donations um, or what kind of campaigns, you know, your organization is you know, specifically set up in to support from a digital divide perspective. I think each organization has a different reach, a different scale, a different set of products or programs that could uniquely benefit uh, this challenge. Um, and then of course, join us, join us at the, in the DPA. Um, I'm sure Paul will make that plug. So I'll, I'll pass to him. Paul, over to you. You know, you know me well, Andrea. You know me well. <laughs> Actually, one of the things I also wanted to say um, that's been great about working with Amazon is that um, they're, they're equally keen, not just doing things, but understanding the impact that that has. So, for instance, we're investing uh, quite a lot of time and effort at the moment in, in working with universities to, to look at the work that we're doing. So does it move schools along? Does it move individuals along? And if so, how? You talked earlier on about how you measure all of that. And it is, is problematic, I agree, but I'm pleased to say there's some some more cleverer eyes and ears and brains on this than, than, than mine to be, to be looking at that. But you will be seeing more of that. It's really important for us to be able to say this work, that didn't work, not just for ourselves, but as I say, for us sharing outside. The only thing, I, I agree with Andrea, I, lo I love all that. I, absolutely, it is so, so easy, isn't it? Just to wander along and knock on a door and say, can I help? And, and that kind of thing, neighbours and things. So I'm, I'm very, very much for all of that. I think for, for, from, a, from a, my message to organisations would be two things. Whether you're looking at customers or whether you're looking at staff, think about whether or not they are digitally enabled. One of the things that I, has, has continually confounded me is the, the numbers of organizations who are not aware. So they may be developing things, online offers and, and bearing in mind online opportunities and those people who may, may be 
offline and therefore not able to access it. So what do they need to do to respond to their needs? But then discovering actually that very large numbers of their own workforce are actually um, disconnected or at least not well connected or not what you might call digitally literate or things. So, so I would say um, to, to companies out there, if there's anything you can do, not just with when you're thinking about customers, whether or not there's anything you can be doing to en enable them to engage with you online, better rather than just producing an offline version all the time, but other things you can be investing in. There, I, I know, for instance, for instance, some organizations, if you can move somebody from a, an offline customer to online customer, there are major savings to be had. So why not invest some of that savings in enabling people to, to, to make that journey? And as I say, think about staff. And uh, one of the conversations I had recently, which I really liked, was the idea that with appraisals, for instance, it might be something you could just pop into an appraisal to say, and how are you digitally? You know, do you feel confident um, using devices? Because that's not just about the individuals as as uh, as individuals within your staff, but but also for you as a company, because digital skills are going to be increasingly needed by by companies. And uh, the more your own staff are enabled to do that, the better, really. Absolutely, completely agree with that point. Um, Paul, Andrea, thank you very much for talking to us about the work that you're doing, both as Amazon and and obviously as the Digital uh, Poverty Alliance. Um, I think kind of you suggested at the start of the call, it would be good to come back in maybe six, nine months to kind of see some of the things that have made an impact and look at the impact that that's making. And there is a much broader conversation around the measurement of that perhaps another time. Definitely. So until then, um, thank you that. very much and um, yes. have a great day. Cheers. Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, Thanks, talk Rob. to you. Thank you, Andrea. See you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.